or something with you. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. It's not about backpacks. It's not about shoes or haircuts or all the other stuff we do. It's about hope. It's about people seeing Jesus for who he really is. It's about lives being touched and changed. So when we give away shoes and backpacks and haircuts and wellness checks and all the other things that we do here at our church, I don't ever want you for a moment to just feel like it's a social program. We are giving away Jesus to people because there are people We talk about being his hands and feet, and that's what we are. But the only way they're practically going to know that is if we do something to show them that. And so here in a few weeks, you're going to get that opportunity. There's going to be thousands of people on our property again. We, we talked to the Harrisons. They were here last weekend from the Presbyterian Church in, in uh, Memphis. They're, they're bringing over more volunteers. They've already collected 22,000 pieces of clothing, two truckloads of clothes that are coming this year. We're going to have a thousand pairs of shoes. We're going to be giving away food. Why? Because we are touching the heart of God who's touching the heart of people. But the way it gets delivered is through you guys. It's through your hands and feet. You get to look in the eyes of that child, in the eyes of that parent, the people that are struggling that don't have anything, the people that are looking for hope. And for a moment, they get to step outside of where they are, the hell that some of them live in, And they get to see Jesus. So just remember that you're planting those seeds. That's why we do what we do. Why? So that someday we believe that their lives will be touched and changed. In that moment, that act of kindness that can change their life forever. But here's the deal. Part of the reason we do this is not just for them, though it is for them, but it's for you. It's for you. Some of you struggle. Some of you right now may feel like you're going through a dry time in your life. Some of you have some legitimate challenges going on in your life. You've got some problems. You've got some things that you're dealing with. But I want you to know, things fade away when you look in the eyes of a child who's broken. Some of your problems will begin to fade in the background when you look at a child with no shoes or these kids that may not have enough to eat. And the things of the world kind of grow strangely dim a little bit when you begin to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So if you're struggling with that in your own life, then serve. If you want to get your eyes off yourself a little bit, because that's what it is, and I'm not saying you may not have some challenges that are hard, but as you begin to love other people and allow the love of God to flow through you, it's funny how your problems go away in the light of the challenges that others are facing. Amen? Amen. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to share briefly, that's the sermon, this is the extra part. If you've got your notes, open them up. I worked too hard for y'all not to hear this, so you're going to have to live here, sit here and listen to it. Now, how many of you heard my message yesterday? I sent you out a one call. If you're not at the one call system, sign up, give us your phone number, and, and we, we do announcements that way, so you need to know what's going on. We are talking today about taming 
the tongue. Everybody say, taming the tongue. Thank you. You guys are great. We're going to talk today about your mouth, what you say, what you do. And so we're, we're going to cover this. I think it's going to be a blessing to you now. You're probably wondering why I'm barefoot. Today is Shoeless Sunday, but I think the byproduct of Shoeless Sunday, many of you don't have shoes on, and that's good because I'm about to jump all over your toes right now. Amen? So y'all just get ready for it, okay? James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12 says this. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault, listen to this, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we turn the whole animal Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large, they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of a person's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now listen to this. With the tongue, with our mouths, we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings who are made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Listen to this statement. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt Spring produce fresh water. Man, you know, there's so many times that you can read the Bible and you go, I wonder what that means. I don't understand what this means. This is not one of those scriptures. (laughs) Was this crystal clear to you guys? I mean, there's not any part of this that goes, well, I think I'll ponder and interpret what that means. Hmm." No, you can be an idiot and understand what this is saying. This is very clear. I mean, he's talking about our mouths. He's talking about what we say. And this is one of those scriptures, when I look at it, I realize there's not anything in there I can disagree with. I can't even argue against this. This is absolutely correct. And so we're going to talk about some tongue facts today. But before we do that, I always want to give you useless information. So right now I'm going to give you some. You can tell your friends what I'm about to share with you. Did you know? That the chameleon lizard, everybody knows what a little chameleon lizard is? The chameleon lizard's tongue is twice as long as its body. Interesting fact. You know, you can share that at McDonald's tomorrow when you go have coffee. The chameleon lizard's tongue is twice as long as its body. Another interesting fact. The tongue of the blue whale. Look at the blue whale. There's Marshall swimming above the blue whale. The tongue of the blue whale weighs as much as a Ford pickup truck. I don't know why it didn't say Dodge. It just said Ford. But that's how much its tongue weighs. Interesting statistic I learned yesterday, interesting fact, that you know a woman's tongue is shorter than a man's tongue, but a woman has some different muscles in her mouth that allow her to talk more. I'm just saying. 
I'm not a scientist. I'm just sharing the facts as told to me by the Internet. (laughs) So I'm sure it's true. (laughs) Listen to this next scripture. You guys are going to love this. I love this. Out of the Living Bible. Psalm 141, verse 3. Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. (laughs) Isn't that simple? Help me, Lord. And I love it. The way you can almost read, I mean, we're from the South. Help me. I can almost see him saying that. Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. Well, that's some good scripture right there, isn't it? Listen, the tongue is small but extremely powerful. You know, he gives us some examples in James here about different things the tongue can be equated to. The first one is, look at your notes, the tongue is a bridle. You know, it's a bit. The tongue's a bit. You know, we've got a couple of horses, and Kennedy being very small, she gets up on her big white horse, big male horse, she jumps up on him, and that little Kennedy can direct that 1,500-pound horse around. Why? Because he's got a bit in his mouth. Everywhere she pulls those reins, that horse turns to If you control your mouth, it's going to guide the direction that you go. And he says our tongue is like that. It guides the direction of our life. He also compares the tongue to a rudder. The rudder of a ship is very, very small in comparison to the rest of the ship. Have you ever noticed that? I went fishing the other day, and I looked back, and on the engine, there was a little bitty rudder, a little fin. It was about this big, and this boat's like 15 foot long. And that little bitty rudder guides that whole big ship. And he compares that rudder to our tongue, that what you say indicates where you go. Interesting. But this last one is the one that I think, at least to me, is the one that's the most impactful. The tongue is a spark. The tongue is is a spark, and it starts a massive fire that destroys thousands of acres. As a matter of fact, just on a whim yesterday, I went to CNN on my phone Pulled up CNN, one of the top stories on the homepage of CNN was a forest fire over in Washington or California or somewhere that had already consumed 20,000 acres at that time. And you know, we all know what happened. There was probably a campfire or somebody threw out a cigarette or something, but it was a small little tiny flame that started and now over 20,000 acres have been burned by this little bitty spark. And that's how our tongue is. Gossip and slander and all the things that can happen. And you you need to understand something and listen to this next statement. Our words can create an inferno of pain in someone else's life. Now, here's what's interesting nowadays. It's not just what we say anymore. There's this new invention called Facebook. Maybe some of you have heard of it. And, And you can go on Facebook and you can type any thought that you want. And here's what's interesting about that. The entire world now knows what you think. And I'm going to give you a little advice today. If you're an idiot, don't type that. You know, I mean, don't, you don't have to tell the world that. It's interesting now. Did you know that colleges and, and businesses are actually going now? When you interview with them, many businesses will go and look at your Facebook page. So something that you maybe said years ago is still out there in the world somewhere. And how that can cause such pain, not only in other people's lives, but sometimes even in our own lives. Listen to this uh, illustration I want to give to you today. Some of you may have heard this song when you were at camp growing up, or maybe you've sung it. I, I didn't recognize it until after I read it, and I realized what it was. One dark night when we were all in bed, 
Old Lady O'Leary lit a lantern in her shed. And then a cow kicked it over. She winked her eye and she said, it'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. And I recognize that. What's interesting about this song is that it's based on fact. Back in October the 8th in 1871 at 8.30 p.m. in Chicago, the O'Leary's, Patrick and Catherine O'Leary had a barn. And in that barn, a flame got out and caught that barn on fire, which ended up causing the great Chicago fire that so many of us have heard about or studied. It left, that fire left over 80,000 people homeless, 17,500 buildings were destroyed, and 300 people were killed from a small flame. And that's how our words are. You know, sometimes we could say things that we think are mean or hurtful, or maybe we think they're even nothing, but the pain that gets caused. And the problem that I've personally experienced with fire is that once you think you've got it under control, and all of a sudden the wind starts blowing, and the next thing you know, your neighbor's pasture's on fire. I'll tell y'all that story. Some of you don't know it. Won't share it today. But that happens, doesn't it? And that's how our words are a lot of times. I mean, if you've studied recently, you'll notice there's a new term called cyberbullying. And there are kids who are actually killing themselves because they're being bullied online by people. Killing themselves. Because of words. And the Bible talks about gossip and words so many times. And and what we say and how powerful that is. Words can mean things. Well, let me just give you some examples. Words can be hurtful. Words like... You're stupid. Words like, I don't love you anymore. Words like, you'll never amount to anything. Words like, I wish you were never born. Words like, I want a divorce. Words like, I hate you. There are people in this room today who are still dealing with the effects of words that people have told them maybe 20 or 30 years ago because it caused such pain in our lives. Now, I've learned something about words. They're kind of like a bullet and a gun. Once you pull the trigger, that bullet's going to go wherever it's going to go, and you can't get it back. And that's how your words are. Once you pull the trigger of your mouth, it's out there. Once you hit send on the internet, it's gone. Once you do that, it's out there. And as much as you want to, you can't take it back. The pain has already started. You know, the tongue has been a problem since the day we're born. I mean, have you ever noticed you don't have to teach a child to be selfish? Have you ever noticed that you don't have to teach a child to say no or mine? I mean, we can go to the nursery right now, and I'm not picking on anybody in particular. We can go to the nursery right now, and there are kids in there going, mine, 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 mine. Sound like a bird. Mine, 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 mine. Or no, 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 no. Why? Because we're born selfish. Our tongue's got a mind all its own, it seems like, sometime. And I want you to understand something. The tongue is humanly, this is in your notes, the tongue is humanly untamable. You cannot tame your tongue. You can go out right now and break a horse, (laughs) but some of us can't control our mouth. Why? Because it's not humanly tameable. Scripture tells us that, and it's true. It's true. The tongue is twisted. 
Why is that? We can bless and curse people out of the same mouth. We praise God and then walk outside in the parking lot and slam somebody. Out of the same mouth. And, and James is saying it shouldn't be that way, brothers and sisters. I mean, he's, you can hear him pleading with the church. It shouldn't be that way. Salt water and, and spring water out of the same well. It can't happen. It shouldn't be that way. Our hearts should be different. Our tongues should be different. So how can we tame the tongue? But, you know, I don't want to leave you, now that I've danced all over your toes, I'm going to give you some hope. How many want some hope right now? How many of you, I'm talking to you, raise your hand, be honest. I know, I'm a pastor, I know stuff. <laughs> Here's the good news. We can change. The Holy Spirit can change us. God wants to change us, and we can do that. Psalm 19, verse 14 out of the New King James says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So how do we do this practically? Now listen, this next section that I'm about to get you, you can take it, you can cut it out, you can stick it in your hat. Maybe some of you need to put it on your forehead, stick it on your mirror at home. I'm going to give you some steps right now that will help you change some things in your life. Because some of you have a mouth problem. I mean, you do. I mean, some of you, people you see you coming and they go, oh no. That's because your mouth. Some of you are like Eeyore. Y'all know who Eeyore is? Anybody ever seen Winnie the Pooh, the little donkey? You know, he was, you know. It's beautiful outside, probably rain later. I hate you. You know, I mean, that's Eeyore people. I mean, they're just constantly, their mouth is just, they're negative all the time. They're always saying things. Nobody wants to be around people like that. So how do we change, Pastor? How do we change? What does God want us to do? I'm going to give you some practical steps. Look at your notes. Write this down. Number one, pause. Before you speak, stop. How many of you ever said, I just can't help what I say? Yes, you can help what you say. That is a cop-out. Some of you have used the excuse, well, you don't understand. I'm Irish. You know, they're always after me lucky charms. I mean, I don't care. If you're Irish. We use, have you ever noticed we use all kinds of excuses to justify our behavior? Well, I'm German. Well, I'm German. I don't take over the world. I mean, you know, we, we, we blame our genetics for acting like we do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm American Indian. Well, okay, great. You know, I mean, we're all mixed up stuff, but we use that for excuses for our behavior. Well, you should have seen my granddad. Why? <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, how do you spell that, Pastor? <laughs> but we do, don't you? Come on. Or, well, if you think I'm bad, you should have seen, oh, really? Pause. Pause. James 1.19 says this, my beloved brethren. In other words, I really like you guys. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. In other words, to be angry. You know, I've heard it termed this way. you got two ears and one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you speak. You know, and, and because your mouth gets you into trouble. Because you just, you just feel like you got to be talking all the time. And the problem is that when you begin to do that, 
the Bible teaches us that in a multitude of words there's sin. And so you run your mouth and you begin to hurt people around you. So you need to pause before you speak. You know that little voice in your head that says, hey, maybe don't say that? He's the Holy Spirit, and he's telling you that so that you don't get yourself in trouble, which is what's about to happen. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen to him. Pause. Okay, that's number one. Number two, ponder. Ponder. That means think about it. Ponder means to think about what you're going to say. Don't just pause now that you've paused. Don't pause to take a big breath to run your mouth, okay? That's not what the pause is for. <gasps> no, that's not what we're saying. Pause means to think about what you're going to say. Ponder means to think about what you're going to say. And I'm going to give you an acronym here. This is my college word for the week, acronym. And that means I'm going to give you the word think. And as I give you the word think, I'm going to give you some points here. And this is what I want you to really hear. Think before you speak. The letter T. The first blank on the letter T is, what, am I, what I am about to say, is it true? That's your first blank. Is it true? The second letter is H. Is it helpful? Is what I'm about to say helpful? How many of you ever played football growing up? You ever heard the term piling on? Yeah, I used to do that too. And, and, you know, they'd be, we'd be out there playing, and the guy would get tackled, and two guys would tackle him, and there's still seven of us, and we don't have anything to do, so let's jump on too. <laughs> and the goal was to jump on before the refs blow the whistle, because then there's a penalty involved. It's the same way in life. You know, I'm going to say this. I didn't say this in first service because it just occurred to me. You know, we're called the army of the Lord, right? The Christians, we're called the army. We're in God's army. You know, we're the arm, only army I know of that shoots its wounded. Now pause and think about that for a minute. Somebody gets down and what do we do? Pile on! And you know why we do that? It's because it takes us away from our pain for a moment. Because if I can pick on you, I don't have to think about me. And that, my friends, is a cop-out. Thank you. It's a cop-out. We don't want to deal with our own pain. We don't want to deal with our own challenges. So we jump on other people. And we just jump and jump and jump and jump and jump. And we never deal with our own stuff. So the words that I'm saying, are they helpful? The letter I is, is, is next. Are the words that I'm saying inspiring? Is what I'm going to say going to lift somebody up? Is it going to encourage someone? Because, see, you know, we talked about these words called I hate you and all these other mean things. But there can also be words that say I believe in you. You know, I'm so proud proud of Miles this week. He's over at a camp in, uh, near Fayetteville. And at this camp, he's volunteer, he volunteered to go. It's a church camp. And he's out there this week spending time with kids from foster homes that have been abused. And Miles has been trained to be a counselor at this camp. And he's out there this week. And, and these kids, some of these kids are so bad off, they'll only give one or two kids per counselor. Because they live in hell most of the time. So they pick these kids and they take them to this camp so that for a few days some people can pour the love of God on them. And he's out there doing that right now. I'm proud of him. And he's teaching some words. He's saying some things that are inspiring because these kids don't hear that. They hear, you're stupid, you're dumb, I hate you. 
and they cling to people that tell them that, who they are in Christ and that God loves them because that's the truth. Are the words that you're saying inspiring or are you tearing people down? Here's the next letter. It's the letter N. Are the words that I'm saying necessary? In other words, do I need to open my big flap at all? Do you need to say anything? Sometimes the best thing you can do is not say anything. You know, the Bible tells us, and I actually read some quotes. I read lots of quotes about this. You know, the Bible says that nobody will know you're ignorant if you won't open your mouth. It says that. It says a fool's known when he opens his trap. To which I would add in there to the scripture, shut your pie hole. You know, I mean, that's, if you don't say anything, people will think you're a genius. They're just nod a lot. People go, wow, he's smart, you know. There's another quote that says, people don't know you're a fool until you open your mouth and remove all doubts. <laughs> you need to learn that sometimes our words are not necessary. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. Amen? Here's the last, the last letter there. K. Letter K. Are my words kind? You know, people are beat up enough without us beating them up, without us piling, them on, piling on them. We can go to people. We need to be lifting up our brothers and sisters and speaking kind, encouraging words to them. And lifting them up. Amen? There's number three, and then I'm going to close. So pause is number one. Two is ponder. Think about it. Number three, pray. Pray. Before you speak into a situation, especially where people are challenged, they're having a hard time, pray about what you're going to say. God, give me the words. Lord, help me to say what you want me to say. Listen to the scripture here, Matthew 12, verse 34. This is Jesus talking to some religious people. Brood of vipers. How would you like to be called by Jesus, you're a snake? Not me. How can you, being evil, speak good things? And listen to this. This is where you've heard this scripture for. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, what's in here is going to come out here. And you say, Pastor, it's true. Yep, Jesus said it. It's true. So the question really is, how do I change what's in here? You know, we are made up in our bodies and everything else. We're made up of what we consume, what we eat, what we breathe, our environment. We're, we're what our environment creates us to be. Amen. It's true. And so how do we change that? You have to change what you put in you. And I want to encourage you guys. You know, if you've got time to listen to the radio, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with country music or different kinds of music. Listen to some, you know, if that's what you want to do. But you need to make sure you're putting more good stuff in than you're putting bad stuff. I mean, just check yourself. Next time you're around the house cleaning or doing whatever it is you're doing, what are you humming? You know what? What's because that will tell you subconsciously what's going on in your mind, and whatever you put in here is what's going to come out. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? Because that's what's coming in here. And I want you to understand something. We talked about this Wednesday night. When you're under pressure, is when you find out what you're really made out of. If I squeeze you hard enough, I'm going to know what's in there. 
So my question to you is what's in there? Do we have, do we speak words that God wants us to speak? Or when we're put under pressure or when we just speak, is it negative? Is it down? Are we beating up people? And listen, guys, here's here's why I'm saying all this today. Here's why we're saying this at all. Is that God wants you to have this fulfilling life. He wants you to be free. We've discussed this. We all understand it. But your words are going to give you away. And if you're honest with yourself. If you're that person that you know you're talking and you're gossiping and you're doing all these things that you're doing, God doesn't want you to be that way. You know why? Because you're hurting. That's why you're doing it. And you need a heart change. Maybe you act that way because somebody said you're stupid. And you don't know how to deal with that pain, so you hurt other people. Brothers and sisters, it should not be. Brothers and sisters, it does not have to be. But it takes something very brave. You have to confess that to the Lord. You have to be willing to let him come in here and clean that up. And I want to tell you guys, you don't want to be that miserable person that when people see you coming, they go, oh, no. Because they know what's going to come out of your mouth. And some of you say, man, I wish I'd have stayed home today. (laughs) God loves you too much to let you stay that way. He loves you too much. He doesn't want you to be that way. Because here's the deal. When you talk negative, when you act like that, what happens is you're guiding yourself to a direction you don't want to go. And he loves you. He loves you. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, spend time on those things. Spend time on those things. What are you filling your mind with? What are you filling your heart with? Change your diet of what you take in. Change your diet of what you take in. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'm going to close right now. This is my second close, Marty. It's the real one. If I'm talking to you today, and by the way, it's not me talking to you. If the Word is talking to you today, and you're realizing this is you, then this is your opportunity. It's not an accident that you're here. God loves you so much, he wants you to hear this. Not because he's mad at you. He doesn't want you to be miserable, and he doesn't want you setting forest fires all around the country with your tongue. He wants you to be the person he created you to be. So I want you to be honest with yourself today. And if this is you, if this is talking about you, it's time to lay this down and say, Lord, your word said that, it, that you'll make all things new. Lord, I need a new heart. I need a new mouth. Funny story. I'm sorry. I'm doing three closes today. Sorry. I know a guy named Tommy Nelson. He, he pastors a church in Denton where I went to college. And he was telling a story one time that he baptized this guy in a swimming pool. And he was baptizing this guy. I think he was a college student. And he was baptizing him. He put him underwater and he lifted it up. And when he lifted him up, he spit this stream of water out of his mouth. You know. And Tommy was like, that's the most irreverent thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm baptizing this guy and he's acting like he's a water park or something, you know. And Tommy goes, man, what are you doing? 
He goes, Pastor, you don't understand. This is the worst part of me, and I wanted it baptized too. And that's the truth, isn't it? I thought that was a lot of wisdom. So today, that's what we want to do. No, I don't want you going outside spending in the parking lot. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but let's let God get a hold of our tongue. Let him get a hold of our hearts. And if you've been doing that, if you've been setting fires, if you've been doing these different things, then here's the deal. Just come to him. He already knows. Just tell him, Lord, I need some heart surgery. Help me renew my heart. Help me renew my mind. Help me watch what I'm putting in here. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, Lord, that we can come into your presence. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I need to hear it too. Because you know I'm not perfect. And so, Father, I pray today that in this world we're your hands and your feet. But we are also your mouth. We can praise you and curse our brother out of the same mouth. And it's not supposed to be that way. So, Lord, I pray today, not that you would do heart surgery on us, but, Father, you would do mouth surgery on us. Lord, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit today. And and those of us that are here, if you're here today and you know this is for you, and the Lord's been dealing with you about your mouth, then today's the day just to lay it down. Say, Lord, help me. Clean me up. I don't want to be that way. Just confess it to him right now. It's between you and God, right where you are. He can do this miracle right where you are. And if it's you, and if you know it's you, just take this moment and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to be that way. Lord, clean me up. Give me a new heart. Give me a new mouth, Lord. Help me to speak your words. I don't want destruction in my life. I don't want to hurt people, Lord. Help me speak your words. It's that simple. But when you leave this place, you're going to be just inundated by the world and all the different pressures and things. Watch what you listen to. Watch what you read. Watch what you put in your your mind and your heart because that's what's going to come out. You need to be putting more of Jesus in there. Lord, I just thank you today, and I pray, Lord, that you would renew each one of us. Lord, as we draw closer to you, that, Father, you would just change our hearts and our speech and our mouths, Lord, our minds. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's all stand for a moment. I believe God's done some amazing things in some people today. I can see it on some of your faces. It's awesome. You know, I love you. God loves you. When you leave this place today, remember you're his hands and feet. You're also his mouthpiece. Speak life. Speak hope. Sign up, volunteer for the backpack event. Help with VBS this week. Let's serve God. And in serving him, get our eyes off ourselves a little bit. Amen. Watch what he's going to do. Grab your neighbor's hand. Lord, I pray that you'd bless us today. Father, we come together as a church family and we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that it would come back and, and there would be a great harvest in our lives, Lord, from your word. And Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, we would be your hands and your feet and your mouth. And Lord, bless us as we go. Help us to love people. 
And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you a couple of directions as you leave. Remember to buy some lemons because we don't need them. Also, <laughs> also um, there's a, the VBS meeting right after service in here, so you can just stay in here. Last thing, I want you to high-five three people and, and say, my mouth is renewed. <laughs>